0: Wolf Roofing With Jim Harbaugh leaving for the Chargers head
1: coaching, Job Michigan is reportedly planning to promote offensive coordinator Sharon Moore to replace him. College basketball, the Iowa women back in action on Saturday afternoon when the fifth-ranked Hawkeyes host Nebraska. The Chiefs reportedly do not expect guard Joe Tooney to play in Sunday's AFC title game in Baltimore. DraftKings line has the Chiefs a -a three-and-a-half point underdog.
2: I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Thursday, Bubba's boneless wings are half price This is Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO
1: Number two, Millery Condon. Welcome back. You're listening to Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you until 1. Uh, bottom of the hour, the Valley's winningest coach in the history of the uh, of the conference. Ben Jacobson will join us. Gets past Henry Iba uh, to take over the top spot. He's coming up at 12.30. Trent's plays of the day. Circus Sports sponsor those. But as promised, we start the hour with a friend, Matt Postens, who covers the Big 12 for Heartland College Sports. Matt, uh, thank you. Trent and Ken, how are you?
3: Hey, I'm good, guys. How are you doing?
1: Doing well. And just uh, really, uh, in some ways, in awe of this conference, we thought it was going to be really good. i might maybe even exceeding expectations. So let me start there with you, Matt. Is there – who's um, – what team, what school is exceeding your expectations to this point?
3: Oh, gosh. Um, it's a long list. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to narrow it down to a couple. Um I know their record doesn't look great in conference, but Cincinnati, I think, has kind of exceeded my expectations a little bit. I mean, they've been in every game they've played, and I know the, the moral victories of starting 2-4 and four aren't really something that Wes Miller's interested in, but every team they've played in this conference, they have they have been in that game. Uh, they, a couple of things break their way. They could have beaten Kansas. They probably should have beaten Texas at home. Uh, they've They've really kind of shown themselves to be a team that really does belong in this conference, and you know, I'll, I'll look at, um, you know, I'll throw UCF in there too. I don't look, I don't know what my expectations were of UCF coming into the, into the conference season, but, you know, I kind of, I think I kind of slotted them as the, the least best of the four new teams and they've proven themselves to be competitive as well. I mean, they took care of West Virginia the other night. They beat Kansas at home, obviously. Um, but they're, they've got a, a quality team and Johnny Dawkins is doing a really good job of, at least protecting their home floor in conference, and if you're going to be successful in this league, that's what you have to do.
0: Matt, great league, and we got a lot to still figure out here as we make our way through the race. But you know, one interesting aspect here is what the race for the most valuable player and what the race for even first team all conference is going to look like. You got the heavy heads at the top with Crier and Shed with Houston, McCullough and Dickinson with with Kansas. But you look at a guy like what Pop Isaacs is doing right now at Texas Tech. He's playing at such a high level, him and Tucson in that backcourt, and what they've done. Good luck. I mean, this feels like a year. Uh, Five is definitely not enough for first-team all Big 12 this
3: season. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. The women do, I think, like a 10-player first-team when they do their postseason awards. (laughs) I I, I don't think that men will go to that extent, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if there's maybe like six or seven players in that team simply because you're probably going to have some ties i mean you've got some really great players in this league and i was talking with uh, joe tiller who's one of our other writers and he's he's heavy into basketball like i am and we were talking about well kevin mccullough has got to be the most improved player in the mm-hmm. conference right and i'm like well yeah i mean you could look at it that way but i don't i do my postseason awards i don't like to double dip so mm-hmm. in my mind cam carter might be that player uh kansas state yeah. he's had a tremendous year to this point. He's, he's show market improvement from last year. Uh, so, I mean, so many players, you, you've got so many players, so many transfers have come in and made an impact, but you've also had players like Isaac, like Carter, um, you know, like Lipsy, who have made huge improvements from last year to this year that are impacting the race as well.
1: Indeed. I mean, Carter last night uh, get, picks up two fouls in literally 30 seconds. Might have been 26 seconds, and he's stapled to the bench. So where are you on uh, on, on Iowa State? Off to a 4-2 and two start. Uh, nice win over TCU, holding on, but you know what? A win's a win, and on the road you take it. Here comes Kansas this week. Your thoughts on the clones?
3: Yeah, I mean, the defense is there. The defense has been there all year. Um, I really liked what Tashawn Gilbert did for them last night. Oh, no. I, I know their second-leading scorer, um, and I know he's been pretty consistent for them lately, but you've you got to have three options, at least offensively, to be successful in this conference. It's part of the reason why Texas struggled a little bit. They've had DeSue, they've had Abness, but they really haven't had a consistent third option. You know, Iowa State now has, I feel like, three consistent offensive options. Plus, you've got King. He's not in foul trouble. Curtis Jones has really played well for them, Robert Jones as well. you got six different players in this team averaging, you know, at least eight points a game this season. So I'm, I'm really not that worried about their, their offense. Honestly, I you know that's always been kind of a concern with Iowa State lately, but uh, I'm not that concerned about their offense. I think they're going to give Kansas everything mm-hmm. they could ask for on Saturday just because of that defense. And plus, I think they're a little bit deeper in Kansas. I think they're a little bit deeper than most teams in the conference at the moment. Just, you know, the different – Ways that TJ can deploy personnel, uh, the way they're able to run defenders, uh, throughout a game at, at somebody. I think they have the potential to wear a team like Kansas down. Not saying they'll win, but mm-hmm. at Hilton, they're undefeated. They know how to play defense. Kansas looks a little thin to me rotation wise nope. right now. It's a, it's a good time to get them, let's put it that way.
1: I, I'm with you on Kansas. I don't think that this, and, and I did before the year, I thought that they would, at the, you know, and they still may, will, may well be when it's all said and done, but I thought Kansas would be everybody looking up at them. May not be the case. What does Furphy bring to that rotation? I mean, he was really good the other night. You mentioned the game against yeah. Cincinnati. I'm with you. Since he was good. But Furphy might have been the difference in that game. What does he bring?
3: He was the difference. I think he brings a lot of the things that Grady Dick brought them last year. Mm. Um, You know, he's he's a talented outside shooter. He's uh, really good off the dribble. He's not driving to the basket as much as I think he can. And I think people need to keep in mind that he's not really a quote unquote mature player because he accelerated a year going into college. From what they said in the broadcast the other night, Bill Self basically said. If you're going to come, come now, because there won't be a spot for you next year. And he said, well, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and come now. Um, But I think the thing that he brought them the other night is something they've been missing the past few games from a rebounding standpoint. Jalen Wilson was one of the best rebounders from the perimeter in college basketball the last three years. He was able to crash the glass from 10, 15 feet out and really make a difference uh, for Kansas in terms of their rebounding totals. Their rebounding totals have been absolutely upside down in the last three or four games. If Ferpy can continue to give them <clears throat> that kind of rebounding on a game-to-game basis, especially from the perimeter, it really helps them because I, I don't understand why. I know why Cincinnati out-rebounded like, like 13 or 14 the other night, but West Virginia out-rebounded them without just the Edwards. Raekwon Battle was their leading rebounder in their game. Uh, when they beat them uh, last weekend. And I think they've been out rebounded each of their last three games. So they're not a quality rebounding team right now. FERC can help them in that regard. But they also kind of need to give Hunter Dickinson a kick in the, the tail, so to speak. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're seven foot two, you need to be a walking double-double every night in this league.
0: Not really always been the calling card with a Dickinson inside. He's a, a talented offensive player. Some deficiencies on the other end, including rebounding. Hey, do you have any idea... Kansas, they're ranked in everybody's top 10. Most everybody's even top six or seven in the country. Yet analytically, this is not a team that's beloved. 18th right now at Ken Pomeroy. Uh, The net rankings coming into today, I think they're 16th in the net. Yeah, 16 in the net right now. Do you have any idea why analytically this team, with the quality wins that they already have on the resume, with Kentucky and Tennessee and UConn, why the metrics don't like them as much as maybe your eyeballs could?
3: Well, I, I think some of it might have to do with all those teams they played in non-conference. I mean, Marquette beat them in Hawaii, and Marquette is, you know, moving up and down net ratings. Uh, same with Tennessee. Now that all these teams are in conference and all these Power Five, you know, Big East teams they played in non-conference are in their leagues, they're naturally going to take a few hits. And I think people forget that, you know, especially in the NCAA net rating, a quad one win one day. May end up being a quad two win the next day because of how these teams move around. I don't really agree with that. I think if you beat a quad one team when they're a quad one team, it should be a quad one win. But sometimes those totals change, and I think Mm -hmm. some of this is naturally just you know some of these teams moving around. But I also think the rebounding issues they're having; um, they have not been scoring as efficiently as they were in non-conference. you know they're a good defensive team the colors an exceptional defender, says kj Adams, but they're not a great team defense um that's not really necessarily kansas is calling card as a team but i think their their defensive efficiency um you know nudges them down just a little bit as well
1: uh, Matt Poston's, uh, joining Miller and Condon on 106.3 kicks. I know Matt writes for Heartland College Sports, a go-to site for you Big 12 fans out there. I want to ask you about Texas, uh, and, and the reason why it kind of seemed to just be like treading water, right? They're 500 right now. You had a nice win over Baylor, but going on the road, the, the Oklahoma game the other night, was that, was it Monday, Trent? I don't even remember. Uh, earlier in the week, anyways. Uh, thank you, Matt. Um, this is a tide or very close at halftime. And then Texas just took over in that second half. Hunter gets going a little bit. Where are you on Texas? Have they they lose to West Virginia, they lose to Central Florida, but the last two have been really good. Is that the Texas team? Are, are they you know, are they going to be a threat now going forward?
3: I, I think they potentially could be. I, I referenced to Sue and Atlas earlier. You know, Those are really their two big guys, and everybody kind of needs to remember that DeSue didn't get a chance to play until December because he was rehabbing the injury he suffered in the NCAA tournament. What they really need is they need a consistent third scoring option. I mean, if you look at their stats, I mean, Hunter's averaging 12 a game, Mitchell's averaging 10 a game, but the games that they've lost, they really haven't had a consistent third option, and, and the defenses have done just enough on DeSue and Atmos to kind of make Texas look ordinary. So when they beat uh, Baylor on Saturday, Hunter had a big game. When they beat Oklahoma on Tuesday, it was actually Caden Shedrick who stepped up and had a big game for them as their third option. So either they need somebody like a Hunter or a Mitchell or a Shedrick to step up and be that consistent third option, or they need one of them to step up each game. You'd rather have somebody consistently do that, somebody you know you can rely on to do that every game, But as long as they have a third scoring option on the floor that can take some of the heat off of these, these two guys, they've got a chance to win. I, I, I'm not, the thing I really like about them right now, honestly, is their defense. I don't think they've been as good a defensive team as they could be. Um, and I think that's the area from my standpoint where I need to see more improvement from them, uh, if, if they're going to be a potential, you know, second weekend team in the tournament. Texas
0: Tech is alone at the top, but when you look at their kind of schedule compared to a team like Cincinnati, six straight games against ranked teams, not exactly the most difficult. They got blown out by Houston in that road tilt last week. Texas Tech, how sustainable is this for Grant McCaslin in year number one, not to win a regular season crown, but it'll be a team above 500. Is that a realistic goal now for the Red Raiders?
3: I think it's very realistic. I mean, the thing is, they're still playing defense the way they've been playing defense the past few years. Sure. I mean, the the way they play defense is a little bit different. They're not using as many of the no-middle principles as they had previously, but they're still a quality defensive team. And yeah, I mentioned Pop Isaacs earlier. He's yeah. he's shown tremendous improvement as a player. And I think Toussaint, Toussaint has been a, a perfect fit for them in the backcourt. They're cobbling together what they need in the frontcourt, you know, between Washington, you know, Jennings and some of these other guys, they're not a particularly big team, so they're going to have to run. They're going to have to shoot well. They're going to have to defend well in the perimeter. But I, I really feel like they're a team that can now challenge to be one of those top four teams at the Big 12 tournament, get one of those double buys because they defend well. They play offense well. Um, yeah, I know the schedule hasn't been, you know, as higher quality of, say, Cincinnati's, but all those things even out by the time we get to the Big 12 tournament. So we'll find out, you know, what kind of team they are. But I like their makeup, and as long as Isaacs is putting up big numbers, they've got an opportunity to be in really good shape. The thing I like about this team, as opposed to some of the other teams in the conference, is they've got at least four guys that can shoot 35, 38, 40 percent from the three-point line, and that's going to help them down the line.
1: Uh, Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Matt, my, my last thing for you. Switching over to football, we know the opponents. We just don't know how they fit or where they're going to be played on. Yeah, well, on the schedule. Um, what are you looking forward to on the schedule unveiled that I want to say comes out either month? I think Tuesday of next week.
3: Yeah, I think it's coming out at the end of the month. I, I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see some more spread out games. On that Labor Day weekend, you know, typically we see games on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think we might see a Sunday, like you know, maybe maybe even a Sunday game. Although Florida State seems to own that day yeah. for whatever reason, yeah. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, we might even see a zero week game. You know, maybe I don't think it'll be a conference game. Wouldn't it surprise me at all to see a lot more Thursday games. Yeah, you know, either. during the week because mm-hmm. I think that um, the conference is all in on finding opportunities to continue to showcase the conference. Uh, that's turf that typically the group of five conferences own. Um, the SEC and the Big Ten don't really play in that sandbox aside from Labor Day weekend. Uh, I could see the Big 12 wanting to take that, that opportunity to play some Thursday and even some Friday night games because, remember, with the Pac-12 going away, mm-hmm. there's now some openings on Friday night for ESPN and these other networks, and the Big 12 will probably be more than happy to you know, fill that gap. And if there are Friday games, I'll be really interested to see how many of the Texas-based teams Ah. want to actually host Friday games Mm -hmm. because, I mean, around here, towns shut down during high school football. And if if TCU plays, say, Iowa State in -hmm. in early November, I can promise you that game's not going to be all attended.
0: Mm -mm -mm. (laughs) Makes a whole lot of sense. You know, the Thursday thing, back in the day, back in the 90s, I mean, ACC football on Thursday night, it was a thing. And I know the NFL is there. Mm But it's on Amazon. It's turned into a lot of American games or a crappy maybe ACC game. You get Virginia against Georgia Tech or something like that. I think there's a real possibility Thursday and, and making it something again. A real good idea there. Uh, of the newcomers, Utah, I think everybody now with Arizona and obviously the coaching change, that's kind of changed
1: the and equation. how about the athletic department in the whole two, Yes, a quarter of a billion dollars? <laughs> After
0: Utah, though, who is best equipped right now to come in and hit the ground running for football?
3: Well, I, I still think Arizona is honestly. Uh I, I they've kept some of the players that they thought they were gonna lose. Um their new coach Brent Brennan came up under Dick Tomey at Arizona. So mm-hmm. he's an Arizona guy. He wants to be there. Uh and I think that's gonna be a selling point to some of these players that have put their name into the portal and maybe haven't transferred yet. So <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he's able to retain some of the talent. Uh he look, he did great things at San Jose State. That's a program that is nearly impossible to recruit to you can barely find their stadium. I've been at it, uh, and I kind of stumbled into it one day in San Jose. Um, he did really incredible things there, and I, I think he can have that team ready to be competitive. I think Colorado will be competitive, and then Arizona State. With all the changes they've had, you got to forget, it, they've, they've changed their athletic director and their head coach in the last year and a half, so they're still building as well. But I would say Utah, Arizona, Colorado, Arizona State in terms of immediate impact in year
1: one. So you're saying you didn't know your way in San Jose <laughs> by the sounds of things. I, uh, not, not that particular day. No. Gotcha. Uh, just one more thing. Um, on, on Dion, I mean, this time last year maybe going back to December, you couldn't turn on television, you couldn't scroll through Twitter and, and see Dion talking about his incoming class or, or players leaving. It's been relatively quiet this year, yet I look at the rankings, he's brought in a pretty good class. But it is a... Uh, uh, it is a vast contrast from uh, 365 days ago to where we're at now as far as the publicity around the Buffs. And maybe two wins will do that.
3: Well, I think that's probably part of it. But I think also, you know, last year everything was brand new. You know, he was taking over a 1-on-11 program. And to some degree, he really kind of had to do all of that, all that salesmanship, not just nationally, but really locally there in Boulder. I went up there in in July uh, for some shows at Red Rocks. And we Isn't went, that uh, beautiful, you know, by the way? Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. And my buddy and I went to Boulder, and we had been there the previous year, too, at the same time. And you could really sense a, a difference locally just in terms of you know what Dion had done from an impact standpoint in terms of you know selling season tickets and that sort of thing. I really think part of the quietness this time around is that he doesn't have to do as much of that now. Mm-hmm. He still has to do that with the recruits, et cetera. But I think it's more about you know, if Dion really is a coach and a program builder, which I think he is – then now it's about doing the work. You've you've laid a foundation. I know they only won four or five games last year, but that's three or four more than what they won the previous year. And now you got to build on that. Plus, he knows they've got to improve their offensive line, their defensive line. They've done some of that transfer portal, but some of that is now also they've got to improve what they have on their roster. You know, you know, start building up that talent like he did at Jackson State year two, year three. So I think some of the the quietness is really more him, just you know hopefully getting down and doing the work and making the program better. That's, that's, I think what happened last year was natural but also a little unusual. And I think what's happening now is actually you know, part of that natural process of building a program and, and you know, getting all your ducks in a row and making things better.
1: Heartland College Sports is where you can read Matt Postens and his colleagues. They cover the Big 12 uh, and do a terrific job in doing so. Matt, thank you. We'll speak with you in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Matt Postens. Thanks,
3: guys. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, good to talk to you. Matt Postens. So we check in with our buddy from Heartland College Sports. Let's give you an opportunity for a thousand dollar show.
0: Washer Systems of Iowa, blasting grime and saving you time. At Washer Systems of Iowa, we have an experienced factory trained service department and will work on any American made pressure washer. Washer Systems of Iowa features Mighty M industrial pressure washers built in Iowa. Number one in Iowa. Visit their showroom at 6050 Northeast 14th Street in Des Moines, or you can find them online at washer systems. Wondering if your roof is showing signs of damage or aging? Call the trusted team at Wolf Roofing, like I did, to have them assess your roof. They're a local company with 30 years of experience. After a thorough inspection, they'll provide you with an honest, free estimate, help you choose the best product for your home and budget, then get your project done in one day. Wolf Roofing knows your home is one of your greatest investments. Let them take care of it for you. Call 515 225 eight eight six six for a free estimate or go online
1: get in on the action with the world's largest sports book right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the
3: pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-I.com.
1: millary condon welcome back it's des moines sports station 106.3 KXNO. washer systems of central iowa sponsors this next segment it's with the winningest coach in the history of the missouri valley conference he surpassed henry by last week he's you and i head basketball coach in year i want to say 18 for ben jacobson and he joins us coach trent condon this is ken miller good to talk to you again ben congratulations on the milestone how are you
2: yeah, we're, uh, we're doing good. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate you having us on
1: here. Absolutely. I want to get to Drake, uh, the game this weekend coming up in a second, but I want to, you know, pat you on the back a little bit. I'm, I'm sure that you're, you're sick of it at this <laughs> point, but, um, that's quite an accomplishment. That record stood for 68 years. Did you know going into the season that it was close? I mean, is that something that you spent any time on? I'm not saying you have a chalkboard in your office and you're scratching out, the, you know, till you got to that point, but, uh, how aware were you, coach, that you were getting close?
2: Yeah, when the, when the season was done last year, uh, you, you know what the numbers are. Um, so yeah, we knew, knew it was close. So then you just, you know, then you just want it to happen as, you know, you want to get there as quickly as you can once you know it's within reach for sure. So, um, yeah, I knew where the numbers were now. Um, you, you said it. I know everybody, uh you know, I'm, I'm certain everybody understands this. It's, it's not something that, uh, not even thought I'd, that I talked about with our team. You know, I didn't talk about it. As we got going in the year, didn't talk about it when we started. And talked about it, you know, as as we got you know a game out or got tied or, um, so yeah, you you certainly didn't spend much time on it, but you know where the number is.
0: And now the number is yours as you sit at the top. You have a part of this that's obviously the longevity. Ken mentioned about 18 years now, which makes us all feel incredibly old when you put it in those kind of terms. But coach, there's been other opportunities. What's kept you at Cedar Falls now as you approach two decades as the head coach for the Panthers? Yeah, the
2: uh, you know the players, the guys that have come through here. Mm-hmm. You know we you know it's gotten to be a while you, you know you tack on the five years prior yeah. when I, you know, assistant coach with Greg McDermott and you know getting this thing started in 2001 and you know having guys come and, and join us and, and want to play for us want to play for Northern Iowa before you know us as a staff had done anything that that maybe would warrant it and uh, you know a guy like Ben Jacobson from Sioux City East and John little from over in Peoria Richwoods and Eric Crawford transferred in and uh, you know some guys that that got it Got it going, and some guys that were here when we got the job, and um, and then being able to just have a bunch of bunch of good dudes all the way through, uh, you know, guys that are good players, but but fun to be around, and um, so you, you know you think about that a lot, um, and that would be, you know that would be one of the one of the couple three four reasons why you know why we've you know stayed as long as we have. Uh, you know, the other thing that that uh, that I would tell you guys is. You know, we've had a lot of a really good support you know and and we've got tremendous friends we've got tremendous friends here in town, we've got tremendous friends uh, you know we've got got a couple of them right there in in the Des Moines area in the Ankeny area um, and that you know that really keeps you going you know it, it's the kind of people that that motivate you to um they push you to to want to do well you know and when you do well, you know they push you in the way of hey, can you know uh, what can we do to help so we can do more? And uh, so that's been highly motivating and uh, yeah, we've just enjoyed our time here, man. It's been uh, it's been great.
1: Ben Jacobson uh, joining us, uh you and I's head coach on uh, Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point three KXNO. Coach you mentioned some of those players that come and gone and there's been disappointing up and downs for these players. I have to imagine Austin Fife and just the frustrations and the, and the trials and tribulations that he went through uh, to try and get back on the court and be a meaningful, because it looked like his career was just a rocket ship, right? Uh, And unfortunately he just couldn't, you know, couldn't get back to a point physically that he was able to play that has obviously disappointing for him, but you and your staff as well, seeing what he went through to try and get back on the floor.
2: Yeah. You just hurt, you know, you hurt for, uh, uh, for him. I mean, that's, he's, he uh it was his sophomore year when he was first team all league and and uh you know i I started at that time talking about you know we got one of the top 30 or so centers in the country like the the, i mean the kid's just a terrific terrific player like hard to handle on the block you know skill level pass it soup you know just super unselfish you know plays his tail off defensively like he you know just a legit legit top 30 type guy in the in the country at that spot and so you hurt for him that he doesn't get to have the basketball career uh, that that he was going to have. And then on, look on the other side of it, so he's been coaching with us now mm-hmm. for two years. You know, last year when he wasn't able to get back, student assistant stuff and, and uh we tried again to get back this year and, and got got fairly close. Um, but the plan was if he didn't get back that he would stick around, start grad school, so he's taking grad classes and just tremendously proud of him. He is he is as good a young man as as, uh, as you're going to find anywhere, and, uh, and he's helping us in a different way right now. He's enjoying the coaching; uh, just love what he's what he means to our program.
0: Program that's playing some good basketball now. Winners of nine of your last ten. The only one in there a, a home loss to Indiana State. So you guys, as always, played a difficult non-conference schedule. You get down to the battle for Atlantis again, and had it nip and tuck yep. in the first half with Carolina. Let one slip away against Tech, but you challenge yourself in the non-conference what's led though to the more victories here and the guys seeing that w in the win column here over the last month or so
2: well we, we've we've started started to play a little defense guys yeah yeah uh, uh-huh. <laughs> i was wondering i gotta i gotta tell you in November december i wasn't uh <laughs> i wasn't so sure what uh um if i had completely lost my <laughs> lost my way in and at uh, that end of the floor in terms of the what we're practicing and why we're practicing it it uh yeah, we, you know, we're guarding the ball better. You know, our rotations have gotten better. Our communication has gotten better. Um, and a lot of that is, you know, playing, just having a chance for this group to get some games under their belt. You know, the majority of these guys are back. Obviously, we added Jacob Hudson. We added some, some freshmen that have been good for us and that we really like. Um, you know, everyone else is back. Yeah, but Nate, you know, Nate didn't play last year. A um, couple guys that were starting are coming off the bench, and so they're they're still, you know, as there is every year, right? There's some moving parts, and it just took us, it's taken us a little longer at the defensive end of the floor than than I had anticipated, and um, and a lot of that's on me um, that that I didn't have them up and running better at that defensive end, and so that that's been fun to see, guys. We're we're playing better, and I, you know, I, I just we, we can play better, right? We we've got room to grow defensively. Um, we've got room as a team to to get better and play better basketball, but I really like what the guys have done the last two and a half weeks. Uh, so well, really since, and I suppose that lines up, I was going to say since Christmas and we got back into Valley play, but that's about two and a half, three weeks. You know, we're just we're playing better team basketball. It's been fun to see.
1: Uh, here comes Drake. Uh, uh, here you guys come to take on Drake on, on Saturday. Does uh, with the in-state battle? Does that mean more to to your team? Does there a little more spring in their step? It's a long slog through the valley in the winter months. Uh, does the, the the in-state games, whether you're hosting at McLeod or you're at the NAP, does that mean more? To, can you tell a difference in the team or no?
2: Absolutely. Yep. The, uh, without question, and and I I say that in a. Um, you know, excitement and then I, uh, you, you know, you know, you're, you know, we know that we're playing against a, a really good team, you know, really good players, really well coached. Like you just, you know, it's, uh, um, and it is right. We're two hours apart mm-hmm. and we're in the same state. It does. There's, yeah, there's no question. There's a different feel to it.
0: So this league as a whole, we see Indiana State, as mentioned, of course, Drake off to a good start. You guys have got back into the race. How about what Missouri State did last night mm-hmm. coming back? And we know certainly Coach Ford's got some talent down there. On and on, Southern Illinois looks like some resurgence. I mean, you go through this league, the newcomers in Belmont got a different style in Murray State. It's different. It's evolved in your tenure there. But what do you think as a whole, the Missouri Valley Conference, the new look 12-team league, and the potential of getting back to what it was? Multi bid league, maybe you're in and you're out.
2: Yeah, I yeah, um, really like really like where we're at right now. Uh, you, know, you M- Murray and Belmont, um, as you mentioned, like they have they have been you know, on the national scene, if you will, for a long time. Right, the tradition at both of those places, and um, and right now, uh, two very good teams, uh, two two terrific coaches. Uh, so you know they're. They are. You know, our league is really has already and is going to continue to benefit from the addition of both those places. And you look at UIC and what uh, Coach Yak has done. Um, you know, their November and December was really good. You know, their their improvement from last year to this year uh, makes a difference. For you know, you mentioned Indiana State. You mentioned Drake. Uh, you, uh, Bradley, Bradley right yep. now is, is is again playing really good basketball. As they have, um, you know, us in Southern are sitting. So you, we're just outside the top 100 uh, in uh, Ken Palm, in the net rankings. Uh, us in Southern are somewhere between you know 102 and 108, I think. So you've got five teams, uh, let's say 105 and better in the net rankings. And in Ken Palm, that is much improved from a year ago. Now, a big part of that is uh, Evansville had a really good November, December. UIC had a really good November, December. So it isn't just the teams that, as we look at the standings today, are the ones that are in you know the top three four five six you know everybody in the league plays such a big part in us getting back to getting an at large bid right and then you, know, you hope you get to the point where where you're getting three teams and you get two at large bids and you, and you can really build on that but i I, I like where our leagues at uh, terrific players right now it's uh, uh, and it's fun
1: Congrats on the milestone, Coach. Thanks for giving us a good hit here the, the, today, and we appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk down the road. Congrats, Ben Jacobson. Thank you. Okay. Hey, thanks, guys. Yep, Good to talk to you. Ben Jacobson, head coach at UNI, Miller & Condon, 106.3K, in you know, a washer systems of Iowa sponsors that. Uh, hard not to be a fan of this dude, right? Yes. And, and you asked the question. <laughs> he had plenty of opportunities yes. to go other places and mm-hmm. turn them down and we're better for it as a as a state, I think,
0: no doubt. And I've been on the precipice a couple of different times. A Tough loss in the conference tournament, including one year to Drake, who knocked him off in the yeah. quarterfinals when they won it. They're going to be back there. Was that the COVID year? I believe it was. Yes, because we were too. wondering could they still get in that large bid? Well, of course, we never found and what, out.
1: What happened? There was something that was there a postponement at that at, in St. Louis? Mm. Something goofy happened in that tournament year yeah. mm. on, on like the Friday or the. Now you got my gears kind uh, of grinding on did, that tried. one. Yeah, Some, something happened. It had to. It was, I hate that. That the whole world. It, uh, something happened. Anyway, something was going
0: on. And yeah, well we were <laughs> we were sitting here watching the Big East tournament.
1: Yeah,
0: and.
1: Well, you went home and watched. Went home and I started watching the game. I'm thinking, that's really this is different. Yeah, it's this up, is a different game like than I'm we watching. A... Different game because I, I think was. it was, it was, was Creighton
0: Saint John's. was warming. Up. It was Creighton for sure. Yeah, Creighton Saint John's was yep. warming up. Saint John's had played the night before yep. in the preliminary round, if you will, yes. to get there. And then St. John's was on, but they were playing. It was the night before they were uh, replaying the game. Yep. You were all confused. We were all confused at that time. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Let's not
1: relive that one. Okay. That works. <laughs> uh, thank you to Ben Jacobson. Thank you to Washer Systems of Central Iowa. Congratulations to uh, to Ben and the UNI fan base. Uh, mm-hmm. their, their guy No one has won more games in that conference than your head coach.
0: 10,000 alumni here in Central Iowa. If you're thinking about heading to the Knapp Center, pregame ceremonies, the UNI tailgate gathering. Oh, where's that at? Over at Johnny's before the game. So there'll be a lot of purple and gold there. Johnny's downtown? Yep, downtown Johnny's. And then
1: scoot on over to the game. Should be a great game. Five o'clock. Yes. Clones play at one at 1230. Yeah, yeah, CBS. Uh-huh, CBS has that one. And um, yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. And then Johnny's for the pregame. And away we go after that to the nap at five. And that's an ESPN plus. Correct. Plus for that. Eminecker's on the call, as he told us yesterday. All right, we'll take our time out. We'll come back. Trent has his plays of the day. Circus Sports sponsor those. The week has not gone great, No to say. No, 0-2 Monday. Yep. Four and four Tuesday. Three and four
0: yesterday? Three and four yesterday. And the slate? Yeesh. Do
1: we dig into women's basketball? Wow. Perhaps. Hmm. We will find out when we return on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Look,
0: an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs is bringing you an offer that'll make the playoffs
1: even better. New customers, you can bet five bucks on any game and get two hundred
0: instantly in bonus bets.
1: And here's the latest numbers that DraftKings has posted on Championship Weekend. The early game, two o'clock kick here locally in Baltimore. Weather potentially a factor in this one. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens are favored by four with a total of forty-four and one half. Meanwhile, out in Santa Clara, the Niners are a seven and a half point favorite over the Lions, Total 51 and a half there, and weather is not supposed to be an issue in that one. Everybody can get a no sweat same game parlay for every single playoff game day. Download the DraftKings
0: Sportsbook app now and use code KXNO. New customers bet just five bucks, get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code KXNO. The crown is yours. Must be 21 or older, I will only Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Opt-in required. One no-sweat token issued per eligible day after opt-in. No-sweat bonus bet issued based on amount of losing qualifying bet. Eligibility, max reward limits, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Call 1A.com great wings good finks and all the sports you could imagine on the tvs all in a place run by good people no you're not dreaming it's the chicken coop with three locations across the des moines metro in urbandale ankeny and west des moines make the chicken coop your next stop for lunch a night out or the big game the chicken coop sports bar in grill on meredith drive in urbandale or labor in ankeny and ashworth and 60th the in- state agent with the misty solwich home selling team
1: And welcome back, to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. So we got the answer to our question about what happened in St. Louis. So uh, you and I played Illinois State on Thursday. That was the year, the next 21, year. 22 or 20, 2021, or twenty-one, twenty twenty-one. Yes. March and, of
0: 2021.
1: Right. So the game schedule be played on Friday and Illinois State had an outbreak of COVID. Mm-hmm. And you and I just played in the day before, the night before and they had to cancel the game and there was a, a player that apparently had covid
0: on yeah. illinois state uh, there was a uni guy was that there was, too what was close contact oh, okay. it was an absolute disaster i know that Austin's i was talking fight. about the game previous the year where drake got gotcha. upset number 1 seed uni in the quarterfinals right that was 2020 would the panthers get in uh, Last, yep we will never know we Haven't won't. they gone through the
1: exercise and give us some content there in late march mm-hmm. early april uh, Give it I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Those those two teams that uh, went to St. Louis didn't they win back to back years? Didn't it go Drake, you and I, you and I. Yeah, I think so, in, yeah. I think it did in St. Louis. Anyways, Trent, let's make some uh, plays of the day. Right. Circus
0: Sports sponsor the slate sucks. It's, it's terrible. terrible, and and I don't know how, but I have seven plays <laughs> starting at four o'clock this afternoon with the Campbell Camels. Uh-huh. Uh, they're laying two. I mentioned Vermont UMass Lowell. It's actually a good game. Give me Lowell uh, minus one and a half. I got under. I rarely play totals in the Quinnipiac game, under 152. Uh, what else have we got? Here's a game San Francisco's at Gonzaga. I'm grabbing the points in the Dons. Not a very good WCC this year. Cal State Northridge minus three. Santa Clara minus eight and a half. The Beavers of Oregon State plus 18 and a half. This is
1: a lot of yuck. <laughs> Maybe this is the night though that turns around what has been a 7 and 10 week. We shall see. You shall hear from Murph and Andy next. The drive with Heather and Sean 3 until 6. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays. 11 to one on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KX Kennel.